We're back! I'm back. Travis never left. Nathan stacking here with you. Travis Krenz alongside me. Uh, let me be among the last to wish last. you a Merry Christmas and Happy New Year, especially to you, Mr. Travis Krenz, and let me be among the first to wish you Happy Easter. It's a big time Easter uh, where we celebrate the bunny for all he's done for us, and it's a big deal for the bunny. So looking forward to it. It's going to be a big deal. You know the South Park. You, I, I think I told you to watch the South Park episode once, sure. right? Uh, yes, and I believe I did. Uh, about the, I vaguely remember, yeah, about the bunnies. Yes, there's a lot, a lot of bunnies I remember. Yes, the secret bunny society or some damn thing like that. Yes, well, it's a we're venturing into new uncharted territories here. Um, I, as most hopefully all of you would know. Recently became a father, so um, little Noah is doing just fine. He will eventually make an appearance, uh, cooing on the on the podcast here. Of course, he will be on the Google Hangout chat here at some point very soon. So uh, we definitely look forward to that. And uh, you were among the first to give me a call, so I thank you very much for that. Uh, unfortunately, we, we, we didn't. That's right. Uh, we well, she was first. You, you didn't. No? You said you, you. Wait, what did you say? I called you Pa Stack. Oh, you called me Pa Stack. I thought we were talking about Ma Stack. And like, no. Well, sure, we call him Ma Stack. Yeah, yeah. well, sure. Um, yeah. Everybody. We, we unfortunately did not get uh, Noah in on the bull pick'em. I mean, he may as well have picked for me for how shitty I did this year. But uh, I'm hoping that we can get something going with him next year, pick some blocks and. Um, just uh, just figure out a tee. I think that this is going to be very good. Uh, so we'll see what we can do next year and get him in on the uh, the sports or the but, sports lounge season five uh, group next year. Should be fun. Put put something at the other end of the room. He'll be crawling in a year. Then whatever one he picks up, that's that's whatever he picks. I think so. I think that would be the best way to do it. Shall we start there? Uh, bull season here. We'll have Char- we'll have Charlie Hildebrand coming up here a little bit uh, later on in the podcast. But, uh, yeah, bowl season coming to an end. What a classic Rose Bowl game that we had on New Year's Day. Just when you thought that last year's game between Penn State and USC couldn't be topped, maybe other than the, the 06 Rose Bowl between USC and Texas, the Vince Young game, everything, yada, yada, yada. Uh, we get Georgia-Oklahoma in an overtime thriller, Georgia comes back, takes a lead, then relinquishes it to have Oklahoma. Oh, can't they get a field goal blocked in double overtime? Georgia, Sony Michelle runs it in for a touchdown. Georgia wins 54-48. An instant classic, wouldn't you say? Very good game. Uh, play nobody talks about, which kind of ended up being the difference. That the... Uh, and in the first half, the squib kick, they got it to 50 yes. and kicked the field goal. And uh, that was unnecessary. Just kicked the ball. Kicked the ball. And uh, they ended up getting a field goal out of the deal. So that, that ended up being a big difference. And, it did. Uh, a lot of people forget about it because it was a four-and-a-half-hour game. Blankenship, the, the kicker for Georgia, he wears some glasses. If he didn't wear glasses, would he have made that kick? I believe so. Okay. Okay. I just need to know if he maybe wouldn't have been been able to see the uprights clearly enough. And then I don't. 
And then, unfortunately, our Clemson squad got the doors blown off of them by Alabama in a lackluster Sugar Bowl game, so that's not great. Um, sets up the boring All-SEC championship game, and uh, we, we remember the last time when two SEC teams met, LSU and Alabama. That was loads of fun. It was. Uh, more points will be scored. Um, and these are the two best teams. There are two teams left. So, uh, impressive for Alabama to beat the hell out of Clemson. Offense can do a goddamn thing. And uh, Oklahoma, Georgia could have won either way. I don't know. I have no idea how Georgia looked so shit in the first half then just dominated the second half. I don't know how that's... How, how, how you do that in the same game. Very frustrating. But uh, that's probably the, the least desirable of the matchups. But um, they haven't played this year. Alabama usually wins. They usually don't play. Maybe play once every five years or so. And uh, I'll see see what the running backs can do. I think everybody's going to pick Alabama to win. But uh, we, we will see next week. Including Phyllis in Alabama, right? I hope so. You should definitely pick them to win. Cover the spread. Uh, so that should be good there. I'll, I'll ask you for your uh, what? What's the uh, the game or the moment that you've enjoyed the most from bowl season? And then on the flip side, what's the mo- the bowl game or the moment that you've enjoyed the least? My big Rose Bowl was good. Apart from the Rose Bowl, Elk Bowl was great. Yes. A&M and... Uh, Wake Forest. Wake Forest putting up 107 points. That was great. Uh, worst thing I saw was Michigan's offense in the last 20 minutes against South Carolina. That was a goddamn embarrassment. They were up 19-3, to and they're outscored 23 nothing in the last 17 minutes. Two minutes to go in the third quarter. They're up 16 goddamn points. And turnovers, and they five turnovers. South Dakota State said that's way too many turnovers. <laughs> way too many. Uh, Harbaugh with eight and five. People are pissed at Harbaugh now. Hopefully, this quarterback they get from uh, Ole Miss, he's good. Hopefully, he can make a difference. Because God damn, what a goddamn embarrassment See, Michigan was. I I was. Thinking, you know, I'm already thinking towards next year and the four teams I'm going to pick for the for the playoff, and Clemson's definitely one of them. Uh, and I was thinking Michigan, but now I'm kind of flip flopping between them and Ohio State. I think I'm, I will still take Michigan, um, but this is kind of a make or break year for Harbaugh. Any chance he would end up in Indianapolis, let's say, coaching the Colts? That and the Bears. I think that, I mean that's a step down. I think. I think that's a step down. We go there versus Michigan. What a third year. Uh, it's probably his worst year this year was. But he need a quarterback again. We talk about it all the time. Get a quarterback. This cannot be difficult. Uh, I mean, their offense should be what uh, what Georgia was. Yep. Quarterback not asked to do a whole hell of a lot. Uh, Georgia's got two great running backs, and their defense is very good. And this, this should not be as difficult as it is for Michigan. Yep, they still have a fresh for the, the for Georgia. They still have a freshman quarterback who can make the plays yeah. when he needs to. 
Yeah, and he's he's not you know he's not the difference. I mean, he he played pretty well in that uh, in that title game, but they got a lot of different pieces around him. Good defense that they showed finally in the second half. They showed up, and those two running backs. I mean, one of the game right. that was amazing for them. And so that's what that's what Michigan should be. Michigan's got the very good defense. Uh, and you know, you look at where Harbaugh's been. He's been at Stanford. We know what Stanford does. He's been with San Francisco. Got into the Super Bowl. We know what they do. He's been in Michigan. They're all the same. And he's an old school type coach. But yeah, you don't need a lot from your quarterback. This should not be this tough. And it is very difficult for any of, their, of those quarterbacks. And they've had a bunch of them. And they've all sucked. You know what would also be helpful is to get a kicker uh, who can you know get an at- use a scholarship right away and get one of the best kickers in the country. I'm I mean, and this is not specifically going to Michigan or anything, but I, I guess the Memphis Iowa State game. Maybe you have a guy miss a thirty-four yard field goal. Like, come on, it's it's not that hard to kick field goals in college football. I think it's a lot easier in the pros, but I mean, the lack of skilled college kickers is crazy to me. Yeah, especially at that high level, you'd expect the the, the best teams. That not to be a weakness. That was another Liberty Bowl. Enjoyed that game. Uh, I picked Memphis, so I was glad Iowa State won. They got screwed out of a touchdown, I thought, at the goal line. Kid fumbled, thought he was in before he fumbled. So I'm glad Iowa State won that one. Uh, Boots ends up winning this goddamn pick by putting a boatload of points on Iowa State and put a ton of points on South Carolina. Why, I have no idea. They won. No, I think I don't think anybody else picked those teams besides him. But goddamn with this, this was the year for boots. That's right. I, I can't believe. Fucker, so, sorry. Yeah, I pissed me off. I tell you, <laughs> I I got one thirty point game right, and it was the thirty point one USF. Not good. You got everyone else wrong. Yeah. Not good. No, not good. So, not good. Uh, needless to say. Uh, the, I'm out for revenge and redemption next year, and I'm already looking forward to the College Bowl pick I'll actually be able to what? study things a little bit more. Not to use well, Noah as an excuse, but I probably would have done a little bit more. What would you have changed? What, 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 the, what the hell did you pick? Um, what are some of these things you did? I probably, Florida State? You had to get Florida State right. No, yeah. I, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have changed anything there. Uh, let Let's see. Let, let's pull Florida, State, Florida Atlantic. Florida nope. Atlantic. Nope. I, I want to change that. Oh. Well, yeah. I mean, where, where did you put them, though? Oh, I put them at 41 and 40, respectively. Good. Good. Okay. Got that. Yep. Uh, what else was there? Uh, well, let, let, I mean, the first day was an ultimate killer for me because uh, I had multiple 30 point games. On uh, like, who did I have? Appalachian. I took Toledo over Appalachian State. Yeah, I took, that was very surprising. Yeah. Uh, I took Western Kentucky over Georgia State. I took I took Colorado State over Marshall. Uh, okay. And I took uh, Arkansas State over Middle Tennessee State. I've had that at thirty two. And then you know I decided to put Louisiana Tech at uh, thirty three points over. Or I took SMU. And uh, they lost by 41 to Louisiana Tech, so that wasn't great. Um, yeah, they're, you know what? I, I think what I'm going to do next year, 
is I'm going to look at teams that don't have a head coach or whose head coach has left, and I'm going to put them much lower on the totem pole this year or next year. I would, I would uh, for me, I would say because I, you know, we don't know anything about those teams you said about. You know a little bit about the teams that play New Year's Day, and, mm-hmm. you know, like, and I'm sure I put some big points on some teams there too. But I would say concentrate on teams that you know about, because I don't, I don't got a goddamn clue about. You know, well, and I, that first week, I mean, that first week is tough. It is. Uh, there were plenty of ups. I mean, Toledo getting there just fair to say uh, Toledo blew their load early. Yeah. So no. they have a, <laughs> Load, they'd have a load to blow. I mean, Appalachian State killed them, and uh, Toledo's the best from the MAC. So, something like that. What Utah never loses, or like thirteen and one. Yes, I, coach I, I think that's teams. definitely something. You know how we can take Xavier for at least two games in the NCAA uh, tournament. Take Utah, Utah for a bowl victory. There you go, Utah. They're always good. So, I mean, and then the. Uh, Bigger the bowl games. I don't know if there's fewer upsets. Uh, Central Florida was an upset. Uh, South Carolina was an upset. Um, and then those uh, national playoff games; those were toss ups. So, well, I mean, it's not easy. No, not easy. no, it isn't. But I think, it, you know, like, had I known Luke Folk wasn't going to play for Washington State, I would have yeah, definitely taken Michigan State. Uh, uh, just even thinking, like, if I had known Lamar Jackson, could let, let's let's look at the quarterbacks here who are going to be in the upcoming NFL draft. I mean, Sam Darnold and Josh Rosen declared. Josh Allen from Wyoming, he declared after his game. Out of the three of those, Josh Allen was by far the best, and he didn't even put up that many that much of an impressive numbers. Baker Mayfield's going to be there if Lamar Jackson declares. He had a terrible game against Mississippi State. And that's against a team no. that doesn't have their best quarterback. He, uh, he had four he interceptions. That's not good. Yeah, you can't be doing that. You can't be having four interceptions. You didn't have a 75-yard run. That was exciting. Um, can't be having that. But um, I'm sure he'll, he'll be shunned because of how he plays and uh, what a skin color is. We know how that goes. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm not talking about that at all. I'm just... Oh, yeah. Uh, okay, I, I just everyone was talking about how great this quarterback class was going to be for the 2018 NFL draft, and Sam Darnold had a terrible Cotton Bowl. Now, some of that I give a large amount of credit to Ohio State and their defense and the way they played, but Darnold I think should come back for another year. Uh, Josh Rosen, he seems like he's fine, and that that's you know he he can go, no problem. Uh, Josh Allen didn't put. Josh Allen did not put up the numbers that he had in previous yeah. years. Now a lot of that I've heard is due to some weapons that were no longer there. Uh, but a lot of that has to do that he sucks. He's not good. That's he's he's Carson Wentz two though, Krenz. Carson Wentz two point oh. I'll give it to Wentz. He showed me something this year. We'll see what he does when he comes back next year. But does it count for him to lead the Eagles to the playoffs if he do- isn't there? Did Ponder lead the Vikings to the playoffs? Oh, oh, true. Yeah, okay. Peters, the child beater was the reason why they made it that year, but, uh, yeah, maybe. I, I, mean, I say that in jest. Of course, I mean, he is the reason why, because obviously Nick Foles doesn't instill a whole lot of confidence in anyone. 
Uh, I mean, these quarterbacks do not have good years. I mean, they're Rosen's hurt all the time. Uh, Sam Donald threw too many interceptions. USC sure does lose a lot of goddamn games for uh, for having all this talent that they supposedly have. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, these quarterbacks not not good. I assume they're going to go one two in the draft, and there might be another one taken in the top five. But these, I'm gonna. I don't. Would you take Sam Donald? Would you take Baker Mayfield over any of them? Yeah. I like him. I like uh, Rudolph out of Oklahoma would be my two guys. Yep. And I would like uh, Omar Jackson over these guys. Uh, I did see Josh Allen. He played very well. He did very good. But I, I'll assume Denver picks him because they don't have enough tall quarterbacks. And then <laughs> I assume Darnold's going one, and that's not good. Nope. And Rosen's going to the Giants, and that may work out. But, yeah, Sam Darnold, count, count me out there. May I just say that I think the Browns, or I think the Giants would take Saquon Barkley unless the Browns can trade up to the two spot and take him. I don't think that Darnold is worth the number one spot at quarterback. I really don't. Uh, by the way, Browns, let's congratulate them. 0-16. Uh, that's not. That, that's, I'm sorry. That I feel for Browns fans. I really do. They join the 08 Lions as the only teams that are 0-16, but there are fans that are going to do a parade on Saturday around the Factory of Sadness, uh, also known as Cleveland Browns Stadium. So uh, apparently they're hoping for like 27 floats. So that's that's something there. Uh, Excedrin's donated some money. uh, FarmersOnly.com is sponsoring some floats. So Yeah, this is a big deal. You, You haven't heard about this? I've heard about the parade, all these floats and shit. I don't know. So that's big. And also, UCF is hold, uh, hosting a parade on Sunday at Disney World. And they are going to put a banner up saying they are the national champions because they're undefeated and they should have gotten a spot at the uh, college football playoff. Do you agree or disagree with that? In the 14th playoff, no, they shouldn't have gotten in the 14th playoff, no. Okay. I mean, I mean, all all of this talk now about Central Goddamn Florida uh, and the parades and their bonuses—that's cute. Um, and if if you want to argue they should be one of the top four teams, that's stupid because they're not. If you want to argue they should be in a playoff? Maybe you got to change the playoff system. I don't know. My idea is every conference gets a team in. That's ten spots. And if you want to go from there, if you want to make it a sixteen-team tournament. Go, go with that, but I mean, they beat Auburn, they beat Auburn, who's probably the third best team in the SEC by, you know, what, seven points, 14 points. Um, yeah, it's just, no, they didn't play anybody, they didn't beat anybody. That's, it's, it's dumb. But, I mean, nobody's taken out any of those four teams that made it, and uh, maybe they're just not. So UCF, they can do whatever the hell they want, but, I mean, you just, they're, they're, the conferences that the other five conferences are in and the teams they play against, they're just never going to get in because those teams aren't good enough. Um, so, again, just briefly going back to uh, the, the quarterback spot, I would hope Cleveland does not take a quarterback at one. Uh, in every well, they, will. they will. I mean, maybe they can get Kirk Cousins from Washington. That would be okay. It'd be better than yes, yeah. But they're, take, I mean, they're picking a guy at number one. Take another quarterback from Washington, the Washington racists, so... We'll see. Yeah. Anything else uh, college football related that you would like to get into? 
To the pro football side now, uh, we're not going to hash out a, like a lot of what happened here, but the Vikings are your NFC North champions. They are the two seed. Uh, is there a team that you hope they face next week? Is there a team that you would prefer to face more? I would like them to face the Panthers, uh, but uh, I don't think that's going to happen. I would like to play the Rams. Okay. I would like to play the Saints in the championship game because we got to get the Saints. Yeah. Rams, Saints, Patriots. Give me all three of them. Okay. All right. Do you think? I don't want to. Nope. I don't. We'll we'll talk about that more next week when when the with the Vikings and. and well, they're all just, what's that? I don't think they're going to make it. I don't think they're going to make the Super Bowl because they're the Vikings. Okay. Have they shown the favorite? They are, they, they, are, they are the favorite in the NFC. Mm-hmm. There's no reason why they shouldn't win. They should. They should get to the Super Bowl. They should get. There's a, they're going to be at home. Philadelphia, fuck, they're not winning. No, Philadelphia's no. not winning. And if they do, then I'll gladly go to Philadelphia and freeze my ass off for that game. Um, beat the Rams and beat the Saints. Nope. Two teams you've already beaten at home. Yep. Do it again. Uh, only person on on Los Angeles that scares me is the running back. Yep. And uh, with the Saints, I'll, I'll play them again. And they're at home. And that defense, that's the best defense we've ever seen. That's mm-hmm. the best defense in football. And as long as they can do what they've done, uh, they're going to they're gonna get there. But, again, it's what? how, how is it not going to happen again? How is it not going to happen again? I don't know. We'll see. We will see. I, I've come up with a solution. I will discuss this with you uh, perhaps off air on another. Maybe we'll bring this up uh, on the podcast next week. But uh, the Saints are a vastly different team than the one that came to Minnesota Week One. They don't have. They're not going to force the ball to Adrian Peterson because, of course, he's not there anymore. But nor did they when he was actually there. Right. Nor, nor did they give a shit about him when he was actually. No. Uh, the there are two injuries though, and I tweeted this out here when when it happened. The kicker. The God kicker. Damn that kicker. I honestly. And you, they, you know, it's uh, Sean McVay, the head coach there. He's, you know, gave uh, Sam Ficken the 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 dreaded vote of confidence. But he was t- he hasn't been very good since he took over for Greg Zerloin. And I said there, I mean, Greg Zerloin is one of the most accurate kickers in the game. Maybe apart from Justin Tucker, uh, there's probably no one else that you would want to have other than him. He can boot it from fifty. Five out now. It just completely changes how the Rams are gonna. You know, if can you go for it, or are you gonna be forced to go for it now on say like fourth and two from the thirty-eight versus trying a field goal? I mean, you don't want to punt it there. I just think it changes everything for them. And then for the Saints, losing Kenny Vaccaro, uh, the safety, he's one of the catalysts on the and one of the reasons why the defense is so good. Now, Marshawn Lattimore, the rookie cornerback, he's very good as well. Don't get me wrong. Um, and but I think that's a significant injury as well for the Saints losing one of your better defensive players. So I would say both those teams 
Out of those injuries, I think Greg Zerloin is far more impactful, but they are still significant injuries regardless. And then for the Vikings, losing Nick Easton was bad. I was not impressed by the Vikings' offense the last two weeks against Green Bay and Chicago. But when you think about the fact that, you know, Pat Elfline wasn't playing against Chicago and that field in Green Bay was absolutely dreadful, um, I... I think the Vikings offense will be fine. Elfline should be back for the divisional playoff game, so four of the five starters will be there. But um, I don't think Nick Easton is quite as significant as Vaccaro or Zerline, but it's still a big injury. Yeah, we'll see what the kicker does here. I mean, they beat the hell out of the, uh, the Seahawks there a couple weeks ago in the last game. Um, I'm going to assume... The Rams through the last game trying to play the Eagles in the second round with the Saints. Uh, pissed their fans there too, so that's kind of funny. Yeah, well, I mean, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, injury. Vikings haven't had a whole lot of injuries. They only had their starting running back and starting quarterback uh, get injured. Yeah. Which would be a death blow for any other team. But uh, it's been fine. So, uh, along that defense is there, an offensive line. They've been the MVPs, maybe next to the defense. But, um, no reason why they shouldn't shouldn't beat these teams. They're better than everybody else. And and you have been pleasantly surprised by them so far, haven't you? They were, yeah. Uh, let's see, Riley Reef did better than I thought he would. Uh, what Elfline from the he's a, he's a rookie. Yep, from Ohio they're, State. Yep, he's been good. And uh, yeah, they've been they've been good. They've been better than they were. A lot better. And they were. And it helps to have Case Keenum move a little bit. Maybe we wouldn't be saying so much. If Bradford was still back there getting sacked all the time, but uh, Keenum has helped. He can move around a little bit, and uh, it's, uh, it's getting awfully close. Getting really, really close. My biggest fear is that Keenum leaves with Pat Shermer to the desert in Arizona. Uh, I I don't know if this is just like a one year kind of flash in the pan sort of deal with Keenum. He's at the Wild game Thursday night. People are cheering and yelling and screaming for him. And it, I mean, it's great time to be Case Keenum. And I know he said he wants to stay in Minnesota. I would hope my, or I would hope, you know, Zimmer is not bullheaded enough to just completely blindly throw his allegiance towards Teddy Bridgewater because right now, out of the two, Keenum is by far the better choice. And I would hope the Vikings would resign him. I would hope they wouldn't lose Pat Shermer either. But with the openings out there, I got to think, Pat Shermer would be a better fit in Arizona than just about anywhere else, maybe other than Chicago. Um, I, I hope he doesn't go anywhere, but uh, I fear that Shermer and Keenum would be going to the desert. I think that makes the most logical sense out of anything. I don't know if anyone's going to want Keith Keenum. Why not? I mean, he's he's played extremely well this year. I don't think I think people. I mean, I think people are going to say they can find somebody better, and that's why I wonder if Keenum and Shermer would be kind of a package deal if they, you know, assuming the Vikings wouldn't resign him. Um, like, is any can they can they franchise? They somebody can franchise. Here? Yep. Like Bridgewater, I think that Bridgewater and Keenum will be back. Uh, Shermer, I don't know. Hopefully he's around for a while and teams have to make a choice. Maybe I'm sure if teams want him, I'm sure they will uh, 
months wait for him yep. in, in early February to get done. Well, the Bears are really uh, the Bears are lining up. I think he's got four interviews this week: the Bears, the Lions, yep. the Cardinals, and someone someone else. Giants. Maybe the Giants. Yeah, uh, I don't think. I don't think he's, he's not going to the Giants. No, uh, I don't know why the hell you would want to go to Chicago. Arizona seems pretty good. Wait, they got that uh, damn yeah, good quarterback, Trubisky. Fuck, that was. How many? I, I'm like, how many times could they have put the ball at like the five yard line, or how many times would it have taken Chicago to actually score a touchdown? Seventeen. Well, they they had what ten plays inside the ten, inside the five. They couldn't score either time. That defense was was great. Trubisky was awful. Um, that was boring game with that those two goal line stands. That was that was great. I don't see any team giving Case Keenum some huge deal. I think he'll be back. I hope so, and I hope his success isn't directly correlated to Shermer. That's a that's another fear that I have. But uh, we'll see. I was pleasantly surprised by the lack of head coaching openings that were there. I would have if. Someone had given me seven and a half for the over/under on coaches. I probably would have taken the over. There are only six. Marvin Lewis is back uh, in Cincinnati. Uh, Hugh Jackson, uh, one in thirty-one record in two years. Yeah, that's fine. You could come back because uh, the owner and the GM think that the previous GM was the root of the or the the cause of all of Cleveland's misery, pit of misery. Dilly dilly. Um, you know, you have Chicago firing John Fox. That, that, that to me, I don't understand why you would fire the coach but not the GM, considering the GM sucks. And you are essentially bringing in a coach and saying, we want you to have this quarterback. Can't the coach say, you know what, I want my own damn quarterback. So thought there, unless he's someone like Andrew Luck. You know, Chuck Pagano's out in Indianapolis. Bruce Arians retires from Arizona. Uh, Bill O'Brien staying in Houston. It sounds like so that's good news. I was, but overall, only six head coaching openings, and there's really only five because John Gruden is is going to Oakland. And yet he's going to call Titans Chiefs this weekend, so that should be fun. Marvin Lewis gets to stay. Yep. Uh, why John Gruden? Explain to me why John. What what's so great about John Gruden? Well, I think he uh, brought certainly an, an enormous amount of excitement to Oakland. That's when they were. That was the last time they were really successful. Last year, aside uh, with Jack Del Rio, and I think you know what? It's to try and keep the Oakland fans enamored with the team before Las they Vegas. leave to Las, Las Vegas. Vegas. Right, but I'm saying they're going to Vegas. They they are, and I'm saying before that though, you have one year or maybe two remaining in the. The sewage facility that's uh, the Oakland Raiders ballpark there. So I, I think they're just trying to. It's a blast from the past, so to speak. It was a uh, an ex girlfriend that they they just really loved, and unfortunately, she went off, uh, got married, and had a you know won a Super Bowl with with the uh, and came back and just stomped on their heart, no less, and. Uh, you know what? They're they're welcoming him, her back with open arms, and by her I mean John Gruden. He coached in Tampa for seven years. First year there, he won a Super Bowl because the defense was really good with Tony Dungy's players. With his players, after that he made the playoffs twice. They lost in the wild card round both times. 
He was 57 and 55 with Tampa. That includes 12 and 4 in his first year. So if you don't count his first year, he was 0 and 2 in the playoffs. He was six games under 500. He hasn't coached in 11 years. 10 he, years. I'm he, he loves everyone, though. That's fine. He's a fine announcer, but I don't. Ten years ago, I don't see this working out. It's kind of like Herm Edwards coaching at Arizona State. That's stupid. That's dumb. Uh, Derek Carr's not good. So, I mean, I, it, it's not good. It's not good. No, it is not. Um, so, uh, wild card weekend, you have Titans-Chiefs. That's on ESPN on Saturday. So, uh, Saturday night on NBC is Falcons-Rams. Sunday is Bills-Jaguars. By the way, for the Bills to get in the playoffs for the first time this century, uh, absolutely fantastic. That play that Andy Dalton made um, to Tyler Boyd, phenomenal. And then all the Bills fans donating to Andy Dalton's foundation, fantastic. Um, So that game's on Sunday. So congratulations to Buffalo. Uh, And then the the late game Sunday afternoon is – Panthers Saints. Any of those games intrigue you? Do you have any picks for them? Probably watch all of them. I like all the home teams to win. I don't know how Jacksonville Buffalo is not the Saturday afternoon game. No idea. <laughs> oh, that's not the Saturday afternoon game. Uh, Titans Chiefs does nothing for me. That's the worst of all of them. Saints Panthers is the best. Uh, see what the Rams can do. Uh, I mean, I would prefer just uh, just to beat the Rams and beat the Saints and call it a day. That's what I would like. That I think that the Falcons have the best chance to win out of all four teams this week. All, all four road Rob teams. All four out of all of the road teams. I think the Falcons have the best chance. Oh, Buffalo wins. Panthers, I don't want to play the Panthers. I, I I like to beat the shit out of Cam Newton. That would be fun um, if it were to come to that. Uh, I think Atlanta's very good. Um, I think it's been only twice, maybe, that all the favorites have won. Our home teams have won. It happened last year. Well, it's probably not going to happen, but... I mean, the Rams have been beating the shit out of teams. Yeah. They play. Like, yeah. They, they, they have played very well. We'll see if uh, the their playoff experience or lack thereof will come back to uh, bite them potentially. I still think it's going to come down to Greg Zerloin, that injury there. So we'll see what all happens there. Fun, uh, fun uh, NFL Wild Card Weekend. It's great as a Vikings fan to watch NFL Wild Card Weekend this weekend. And the Vikings aren't in it, but you know it's for a good reason because they play the next week. It is. Uh, Friday, be on the lookout for this stacking on Friday. ESPN's going to publish a story on the Patriots and how Belichick, Brady, and Robert Kraft, there's a rift. There's a rift between them. Oh, no. Published on Friday. So we will, uh, we will see. ESPN is also reporting that Brady went to the owner and said trade Jimmy Garoppolo. So we will see. Oh, boy. And uh, You know what? Jimmy Garoppolo is doing very good, if I may. Uh, the 49ers are one of my early uh, 
teams next year to surprise and perhaps make the playoffs. So we'll, we, we'll see, though. Um, yeah, I think that does it for the NFL. So just uh, fun times. Uh, by the way, okay, what's going on with your Packers? Uh, they're completely cleaning house apart from the head coach. Um, is this good for Aaron Rodgers and company? Because I, I, I think it is to a degree, but the amount of change going on here, yet the head coach is staying the same, it kind of, kind of baffles me. Yeah, I don't think it really matters. I don't think it's necessary. Like, I don't know like, why are they doing this. I have no idea. If Aaron Rodgers was your quarterback all year, you would have won 11 or 12 games. Like I don't, I don't understand what what their deal is at all. Like what, what, why? It's unnecessary. It's a waste. Let's uh, let's head to college basketball here, and I need some help uh, because I thought uh, this. Like, I college basketball is not not doing it for me this year. Last year was great. Uh, not not getting into it this year at all. Okay, so you, you won't be able to help me tell or help tell me who is doing, you know, like, can you explain how why Texas Tech is so good or TCU? I mean, I, I'm all yeah. over this Trey Young kid oh, in Oklahoma. I mean, he's phenomenal to watch. I can't, I, they are to me a team that I will definitely consider now for the final four, probably them over, you know, a squad like, let's say, Arizona. But, uh, I mean, I'm, I, I just don't know who who's good out there. I mean, who's uh, good? Well, Michigan like, State, also good. Villanova, well, good. Xavier, great. very good. Yes, but okay. I, I'm talking. I guess I meant you know these teams that are ranked or have a decent have a good record, like the Texas Techs, the TCUs. What makes them great? I guess that's what, what I need to Texas? know. I don't know Texas Tech. I don't know goddamn thing about. I mean TCU. They got Jamie Dixon. Yep. Um, I watched him a little bit last year. Uh, I got a black kid who's an albino, the ugliest son of a gun I've ever seen in my life. But uh, I mean, they're a really good team. Barely lost to Oklahoma. Uh, I think TCU's going to make the tournament for the first time in a long time. Uh, with no undefeated teams. Uh, I got uh, Rosansky, the tall white guy that was all right uh, last year. Uh, TCU. Because uh, you think of Jamie Dixon, you think of Pitts. And uh, they were pretty goddamn boring. But to this team, they uh, TC, they, they almost scored 90 points a game. So they're, uh, they score a lot of points. They're fun to watch. Okay, so, that's good. And Big, 12 basketball, Big 12 basketball is basically like Big 12 football. Well, And, that, you know, Texas Tech scores a lot of points too. Can you tell me anything about Arizona State, what makes them so good? Because obviously things change there in a hurry. Oh, uh, yeah, they're probably a little overrated. Um, I would I would agree with that. And I mean, they just score a whole lot of points. They score 90 points a game, too. So they're doing that. And, uh, yeah, I don't see them doing much. I would, yeah. Count me out. Count me out on Arizona State. They just, they just score a bunch of points. What uh, What will it take to get your level of excitement up again? Maybe not to the levels of last year. Oh, I just got to watch. I don't, I don't get football season done here. Then we can go to the basketball a little bit. Maybe that'll change this week, but uh, I mean, Kansas, they've lost three games all at home. Yeah. That's not what Kansas does, and they've, they're at TCU coming up on Saturday, so if you want to watch a game Saturday night, 7 o'clock, Kansas at TCU. Give me the Horn Frogs to beat, TCU, to beat the Kansas. Yep. 
and uh, we'll, we'll go from there. Yeah, West Virginia's good. I, I mean, like you say, I like Xavier a lot. Uh, it's it's going to be really good. I was at I was fortunate enough to go watch uh, Mike Dom and SDSU beat NDSU on uh, Wednesday night there at the Shields Athletic Center. They're on the campus of NDSU. That was very good. He was outstanding. Of uh, the Bison fans, bitch about all the calls that he gets. Oh, well, 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 yeah. Fuck them. Yeah, you know what? Yeah, it, it, if something doesn't go their way, they they whine and complain. And you know what? Dom's a star, so he might get the benefit of a few more calls. But he is impossible to guard. He he just is because you can't. I mean, he. He has a different frame than just about any other big man in the country with that sort of shot. I mean, he doesn't extend the elbow a whole lot. He's got the height, though. He's just an all-around fantastic player. And he's just very difficult to defend without fouling. He was 16 of 16 shooting free throws, wasn't he? Yes. And 16 that, of 16. And, That's great. And that offsets a night where he was one of six from beyond the arc. And I think he was 10 of 22 from the field, which is good. But I didn't think it was, you know, there were a few shots. I'm like, oh, boy, this is not very good. And may I just say, so we're in the hospital. Here's, here's a brief story. It's not really about Noah, but it, it, we're in the hospital. Uh, Kelsey's in labor, and I'm there's not a whole lot going on at this point. But I'm following along with, uh, with SDSU and Colorado. That was that Friday night the basketball game, and, you know, SDSU comes back, forces overtime, and they're up by six, and Dom misses two free throws. And I think those two free throws ultimately cost SDSU a win at Colorado because Colorado wound up forcing double overtime and would win in double overtime. Now, I'm not going to blame Dom entirely because he had a stellar game in that one, but those two missed free throws, I believe, were the difference between SDSU winning and losing. Uh, So... It, it, is that a win that could ultimately come back, or is that a loss that ultimately could come back to bite them? Perhaps I doubt it, but uh, it was nice to see him go sixteen of sixteen at the line. I mean, he's a tremendous player. David Jenkins Jr. didn't do uh, jack shit at all, and retelling Houston's playing outstanding. This SDSU team is so fun to watch, and uh, you know, fingers crossed, Lord willing, I'll be uh, down at the Summit yeah. League this year again. Um, you will have my tickets, of course. Uh, they are... I will have your tickets. Yeah. Yes, I, always... I will. Yes, I'll have your tickets, yes. Yeah, they're, they're earmarked for you. Uh, Thank you. Uh, so, you know, I'm excited to go watch him there. It was nice, though, just being a fan and just being able to, to cheer them on. And uh, just a very good game overall. This SDSU team, I think they only won once in Fargo in the Walters era. This is a place that they don't come in and win very often. But this is a very special team that they have. North Dakota State doesn't seem to be anything great, so they're not anything to worry about. Paul, that Colorado, that, I watched a little bit of that Colorado game. That was uh, that was a very good, very good game. That was good to watch. I mean, yeah, you, if you're going to get in the tournament, you know, score some points here. I mean, they've, you know, they've, I went to Wichita State, gave them gave them a good game. They've they've gone some places they haven't won, but they've gone some tough places and they've almost won. So if they can get a you know maybe a thirteen seed, see how that goes. So uh, again, they should win the conference. Them in at USD, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But those two teams, by all rights, should 
should be playing in the championship, and the women, they're cruising. So, and and uh, I am by no means trying to like discredit Dom or you know criticize him at all. I just thought that those two missed free throws, all to, I mean, they just it's something that you don't see. Often, uh, you know, from a guy like him, and we know how good of a free throw shooter he is. We know he gets the line more than anyone else in the country, uh, and it again, it's against Colorado. So the mere fact that they were in that position, I think, is great. Um, so I, I'm all in favor of Dom here. Let me just say, I was up, more upset that SDSU lost to Colorado than I was when they got blo- when the football team got blown out to James Madison the next day. Now maybe that's because Noah was born at that point and just. You know, your priorities get a little swayed there in the opening hours there. But, I mean, I I guess I'm so much more focused and on, on basketball and want the basketball team to succeed. And I wanted football to succeed as well. But I just thought that that was an opportunity for them to win uh, in SDSU. I knew it was going to be a difficult game against James Madison, and they, they proved that right in the first quarter with five turnovers. Ten overall. Up, up to that up to that point, that was the best team Colorado would have played all year. Was and, SDSU? And Colorado had lost to San Diego, not San Diego State, but San Diego, the uh, the the day before, or like two days before. So that's why I really was, you know, my expectations were somewhat high that well, SDSU could take down Colorado. Colorado didn't play Xavier, but other than that, SDSU is their best uh, win. And Colorado's eight and six; they lost three in a row since. Playing SDSC, they lost to Oregon, they lost to Oregon State, they lost to Iowa in Sioux Falls. So again, that uh, uh, yeah, SDSC, that's a game you got to win. It would have been six losses in a row for Colorado. Uh, the football team, that was uh, an embarrassing performance. Um, again, at the first quarter, five turnovers, and you're still in the game. So You're only down 7 uh, nothing. And yeah, James Madison didn't show me much the third quarter. They put the boots to him, but uh, if you turn the ball over five times and you're not ahead by multiple scores, that's not impressive. So, uh, disappointing quarterback played the worst game of his life in the biggest game he'll ever play, in, which which is terrible. But uh, they got to the semis, you know. You know that they'll ever get back there, but uh, yeah, that's that's not what you want to do. Well, I, you know, hopefully Terrian Christian has a big game next year. Hopefully Dallas Goddard and Jake Wenicke get drafted. And uh, you know, we wish James Madison the best as they take on the Alabama of FCS. North Dakota State on Saturday, though I don't have uh, high hopes for them at all. Um, but I, I hope I'm wrong. I, I, I very much hope I'm wrong. Cause I, but that's neither here nor there. Um, anything else college basketball Related that we need to get into. I mean, we'll be able to talk about this here through through the next couple of months. Xavier's looking great. Uh, TCU just played Oklahoma, and they play again next Saturday. So I don't know why those two teams play twice in like two weeks apart. Which seems odd to me. But they all play. I can Clemson. Clemson's ranked for Christ's sake. Yes. Oh. Uh, Auburn, Auburn, they got one loss before they're going to have to forfeit everything in their goddamn athletic program pretty soon mm-hmm. because of their stupid coach. Uh, so good to see some new teams there. Wichita State's rolling. Uh, Villanova lost to Butler. That's always good to see. But uh, hopefully, yeah, football. I and I here and we can go to the college basket. And I think that's one of the reasons why it's so difficult uh, for me to try and pinpoint. 
like just how good some of these teams are because we haven't seen them be this good in a while, like the Tex- the Texas Techs, the TCUs, the Arizona State. So it's it's difficult to pinpoint here. So I'm looking forward here to January and February being able to watch some college basketball, although with the Olympics happening in February, oh, I don't know. Christ. <laughs> Christ. I saw the scenario where they were qualifying for ski jumping. Yep. I, I, I really wouldn't call it ski jumping since there's no jumping involved. They just fall off of a big hill on a ramp. <laughs> The ramp ends, so they gotta go somewhere. It's, like there's no, it's falling. It's ski falling. There's no jumping. And they go and they just float through the air for uh, hundred goddamn yards, and they somehow land and don't break every bone in their body, and uh, they get a score. So that's and th- it doesn't seem like there's a whole lot of skill in a lot of these things. Like the uh, the one with the the bobsled thing. Yeah. I mean, you're 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 sliding. I'm sure you gotta turn your body certain ways, but yeah. You're laying there, and fuck, you're going 100 miles an hour, and you're boom, 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 and it's, uh, again, the Olympics. Christ. Right. Well, we'll talk We'll talk more Olympics here in February. Uh, do want to mention here... Oh, don't talk. Don't talk. Kyla Hill. And I, look very, I, I look very much forward to picking uh, uh, Virginia to lose as a two-seat next year in the second round. I much, much, very much look forward to that. I, I do as well. Uh, Virginia... Um, screw you. Grambling State's Shakila Hill on Wednesday night recorded a quadruple double. Did you see this? As a lady or a guy? Lady. Yeah, lady. I saw a tweet about it. I didn't see a number. So. Yep. Uh, well, let me give you this here. Uh, Grambling State took down Alabama State. It's in the swack, of course. Uh, but let's see. What, what do we got here? 15 points, 10 rebounds, 10 assists. Ten steals. Pretty good. What, what? I mean, that's that's awfully impressive. So, to Shakila Hill, congratulations. We'll have a, a blurb in it on Friday in the in the sport in the you know the stack the 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 blog on stackattack.sportsblog.com. But uh, very cool to see a quadruple double. People are going to be sworn to those swag schools now. Yes, yes, no doubt. Well, hopefully, SDSU. Uh, maybe Dom can get a quadruple double at some point. I highly doubt it, but I mean, you never know. SDSU playing very well uh, basketball, both the men and the women, uh, dominating in their opening. Well, I shouldn't say. Yeah, let's say dominating one and zero in conference play. We'll see how they can do it this weekend. Um, only other thing I have here, unless you have any anything else, I'm trying to keep this a little shorter, and obviously that's not. That's not happening. At least this first one. That's okay. Um, but uh, where was I going? Oh yeah, Derek Jeter running the Marlins. What the hell is he doing? Yeah. Uh, they're selling all their players. Did you see Dan Lavatar? Uh I I have this. Uh, I have it saved. I I heard snippets of it, and uh, Rob Manfred yep. did not sound very enthusiastic. Uh, talking to him, I think he, he was very much grateful to get off the phone because Lebetard roasted him, and rightfully so. This is almost a 20-minute interview. Dan Lebetard is very good at this. Um, Rob Manfred claims he didn't know this was going to happen, even though there are people out there that think that the, uh, he did know this was going to happen, or they were going to buy the team and uh, start from scratch. And there may have been another bid out there that uh, was not going to do this. 
But again, they were a, a decent team last year. They weren't that far away from competing. But you know, I have a hard time. Yeah, I don't. I don't like what he did. I don't like him. I don't. It's hard to root for that ownership group now because of what they did. Um, it's all. I mean, it's it's not about winning. It's about money. So they're going to strip it down, start from scratch, and maybe if they're good in five years, it'll be worth it. But this, not not this, great. This I, is I can't. Have, I don't know how you can be a Marlins fan after this. I. Oh yeah, I mean they're ticked and rightfully so. This is and a couple of things here. It's not like they're doing what the White Sox and the Astro did, Astros did when you're getting a lot of good prospects. I mean they got a, a bag of peanuts for uh, for Stanton from the Yankees, essentially. Like who's I mean Starlin Castro's a, a good player, but I mean you could. You well, should, I don't think he'll ever play there. Yeah, I, don't, I, it, I said it, at the time I don't think he'll ever play. There. You should certainly get more for Stanton than what the Marlins got. I mean, it's just awful there. And this is a team that does this all of the time. Like, this is... how The fact that they've won two World Series is astonishing, given, you know, the ownership group and what they like to do. I mean, the, you know, God bless them for getting all this, this these good farm hands, you know, all the, all the talent in the farm system. But, I mean, this is not something new. So if... If Major League Baseball really gave a shit, gave a rat's ass about the Florida or the, about the Miami Marlins and the fans down there, they would make sure that they are approving a bid from an ownership group that's going to turn this team into a winner, into a you know a team that's in contention, not something. I mean, it's just embarrassing. It's it's embarrassing all the way around, and good for Dan Levitard for calling out Rob Manfred and Major League Baseball. New stadium. That means you're going to spend money. That didn't happen. Uh, there's no reason to have a team in Miami. Move them. Move them. Uh, that's not going to happen. But they don't care about baseball down there. Uh, they don't care about baseball in Tampa. They don't care about sports in in, in Florida. So we're trying to make that work. There's plenty of other spots that would like a team. Move the Marlins, move the Rays. Nobody would care. Right. Well, you can move a lot. Of t- move the Florida Panthers as well, the NHL team. I'm sure you remember that Florida has an NHL team apart from the Tampa Bay Lightning. Perhaps. <laughs> Anything else before we say so long on this return edition of the Sports Block Podcast? Timberwolves seem to be all right. Couldn't beat the, the- damn Nets the other night. The Bulls, the Bulls are good now. I don't know why, but they are. Miritich. Well, he helps, but Chris Dunn appears to be good. Lori Markinen, who I did not like, appears to be good. So they've got some guys, and they are six out of the playoffs. Well, we get the, they're, they're in the mix. Uh, Grizzlies, not good. Not good Grizzlies. I feel like yeah. someone told you that ahead of time. No, nah, I mean, did you think they'd be the worst team? I didn't. Uh, they might finish with the worst record of anybody. Well, and Con- it isn't a large reason though. Is that Conley is he still out, or is he p- yes. back in play now? So I mean that that certainly doesn't help. I mean that it helps my case a little bit. I didn't think they'd be the worst, but I I certainly saw a drop off coming from them. That's, that's bad. Uh, not the, the hot stove. Nothing, nothing has happened. Nothing, nothing has happened. 
And I apologize Why? here. I, I had a local farmhand uh, try and oh, keep the stove uh, burning here while we were up in the hospital, and it didn't happen. It's been super cold. We're working to get it back up and, and running here, but uh, it, it's a little, been a little difficult here, a little bit uh, busy and cold and trying here, Corinne, I must admit. We're six weeks away from spring training, and nothing has happened. Somebody do something. What what a waste. Well, you Nothing mean, has happened. You, you don't... You mean the... Oh, Wade Stanton. Davis went to the Rockies. He's a guy. None of these guys have signed. Let, let's go. Let's go. Let's get this done here. Twins, they signed a couple guys. So I want them to sign somebody else. I think they're going to sign a pitcher. Uh, do something, fuck. Do something. Do something. We shall see. Travis? And, uh, this, oh, this yeah. new, I ordered this new Trump book. This new Trump book looks great. I hope he's president forever. This is outstanding how much of a stupid bastard he is. This is great. Big fan of this book. Huge fan of this book. That's good. Great. <laughs> if, if you need to, if you haven't read this, this little uh, excerpt uh, from this book, Jesus Christ, this. Send, send, send it to me in cl- on Cliff oh, Notes. My. Oh, it's goddamn fantastic is what it is. Very good. It's the biggest, the biggest idiot we've ever seen. What a disaster, and it's tremendous. Very good. Well, Travis, I appreciate you holding down the fort here for a little bit, waiting as we get this the, the podcast rolling back up again, and... Uh, and we'll keep doing it, and we'll we'll get Noah on here for an interview here at some point. Uh, appreciate the time as always. We'll talk to you next week, my friend. All right, we'll see you later. Travis Krenz joining us here, Sports Block Podcast. Always appreciate the time and effort as always. Um, yeah, we got we got Charlie Hildebrand coming back. It's good to be back. Uh, I'm not going to use this podcast to promote. You know, keep saying, "Oh, hey, I got a child," but uh, Noah Nathan is a uh, a blessing to my wife Kelsey and I, no doubt, and I'm sure we'll have some stories throughout um, the upcoming weeks and months here on the podcast. But uh, you're here for sports, and sports is what you'll get. Talk with Charlie next. Make some wild card picks. Wrap up this sports block, this edition of the Sports Block Podcast here. First one of 2018. Glad you're listening here to the Sports Block Podcast here now available on iTunes. As we continue here on the return of the Sports Block Podcast, pleased to be joined by my good friend, Mr. Charlie Hildebrand. Charlie, uh, first off, let me be among the last to wish you Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. How was your holiday? How were your holidays? Um, it was good. Uh, I actually had to work a lot of obituaries, but that meant that I just got paid more. So, I mean, it, is, it ended up being okay. I made some bank. Obituaries? Really? The people? Yeah, I also cover obituaries. At times, so I, uh, I consider myself a real Swiss Army knife at the Journal right now. So uh, the the Sioux City area unfortunately had a lot of uh, people passing away over the holidays. Uh, there were quite a few. Some of it probably because it was, it was cold. Also, just that you know, you take all the Sioux land, I don't know, probably like one hundred and ten thousand people. Just some of them, some of, some of them ran out of time, I guess. How how many of them came as a shock that uh, Iowa was able to beat Boston College and Iowa State held off Memphis in what was essentially a road game? 
I mean, I'm going to be honest, the funeral homes and the emails they sent us, they did not specify the cause of death. I would assume it's for at least that's for clinical <laughs> Well, that's why we have you on here to talk, uh, of course, about bowl season. And, uh, I mean, it, it's already come and gone, and I've, I've grown more of an appreciation. Yeah, I don't know what we're going to talk about. Nothing happened at all in bowl games. They were all boring and bland, right? Yeah, I would say so, right? <laughs> I mean... It came and went fast, and I have a, a greater appreciation for it. I just liked how it all kind of laid out this year, even though my picks absolutely stunk up the joint. But, you know, I'm going to blame uh, little Noah for the excuse for that one. I just wasn't able to do as much research in, in the picks and kind of scrambled late. So I'll blame him for that. From what I've heard, a lot of parents start using their kids as excuses to get out of things. So you might as well use your kid for an excuse of not making picks correctly. Right, and you know what he's going to do, though? It's, it's going to help me... Uh, do better for next year, and maybe we'll see if he wants to, you know, to make some picks. We'll do a, we'll do a Noah's. We'll just give him two blocks, and uh, we'll do it for all forty-one bowl games, and see how he does. So, uh, good, I like it. So we'll we'll go about that, but uh, yeah, let, let's uh, before we get, do you want to go co- the 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 playoff semifinals first, or the bowl season in general? Um, I'm fine with whatever. I guess if you want to do, it would it would make sense for us. As of recording this right now, maybe to do the playoffs first—that was more recent. I agree. Um, I tell and, you and what, also more important because that decides title. It does. It does. Unfortunately, uh, well, we'll get to the championship game here momentarily. But uh, you know, last year we were talking about perhaps this was the best Rose Bowl game of all time, or you know, it in in the mix with the 06 Rose Bowl, the, you know, the national championship between Texas and USC, you know, Penn State, USC, back and forth they went. Just a stellar game, phenomenal back and forth. How could that ever be topped? Well, how about two yeah, non... It only took one year. Yeah, it, it only took one year. And with two non-traditional Rose Bowl-type teams in Oklahoma and Georgia to produce, A, not only the first overtime in the college football playoff, but the first overtime in Rose Bowl history, 50... Five to forty-eight or fifty-four, forty-eight. Did they have to kick the extra point? I can't remember. I think it was just they didn't have they did to. Not have to no. kick the extra so, point. They wouldn't have made any difference. Right. So fifty-four, forty-eight. Georgia outlasts Oklahoma in just a thrilling game overall, and it really was a tale of two halves because Baker Mayfield and Oklahoma had everything going offensively in the first half, and then that second half, Georgia turned around their uh, their butt kiss award winning linebacker turned it on and. Uh, after that, you know, Georgia was I mean, just a phenomenal game overall. So many different angles you can go with this. Yeah, I mean, I think, I, to be, I, I don't know if anything's ever going to beat the 06 Rose Bowl, the Vince Young beating out Matt Weiner and Reggie Bush. Yep. This, this to me, and like not trying to be a victim of recency bias, but to me this is already like the second greatest Rose Bowl ever. Just because so so many of them like were good games, but didn't have titles on the line. I mean, this is a semifinal. Clearly, is a title on the line. I mean, you've got you know two traditional blue blood or blue blood programs that had never played each other before mm-hmm. played in the Rose Bowl, which was interesting. And you know the the contrast in styles and seeing Baker Mayfield, who's just such an incredibly good quarterback, that unfortunately we don't ever get to watch in college anymore. And then Team Georgia just—I mean, I don't remember what their final numbers were, but averaged like 16 yards a carry 
And it's just like, yeah, I mean, it makes sense if you can average over a first down every carry that you're going to have a good chance of winning the game. And it still took, you know, double overtime to do it. Well, and you have to feel good for uh, Sony Michelle, the 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 Georgia running back here. He fumbles it, and Oklahoma returns it for a touchdown to give him a 45-38 lead, and then he vindicates himself with the game-winning touchdown in double overtime. So that was great. I mean, he and Nick Chubb had themselves a day, but I thought it was good because Jake Fromm made the throws when he needed to. He missed, uh, I believe, his tight end. I don't know if it was in the first overtime or late in the game. Uh, throw was a little behind, but I thought he played extremely well given the circumstances and the fact that he is a freshman playing in this sort of uh, atmosphere and this big of a game. I I would agree with that. He did play well. I mean, I think Mayfield played better, but mm-hmm. obviously Mayfield needs to play better based off what Oklahoma asked him to do. I mean, it's, you know, like you mentioned, it's nice to have two future NFL running backs to hand off to and get 15 yards every time they touch it. I saw somewhere that, like, the last three Rose Bowls, including last night, or not last night, I guess that'd be two days ago now, Yep. Uh, that they had, the, the three of them combined had six one-play touchdown drives, and in the previous 101 Rose Bowls before that, there were a grand total of five one-play touchdown drives. So oh, there's been a lot of explosive plays the last few years in Pasadena. couple of... Thing, a couple more things to this game. At the end of the first half, was it a big run that set up Georgia? Because I missed that the last part of the first half there. Because it was, well, I mean, Oklahoma scores. Field goal? Yeah, because Oklahoma scores a touchdown with well, six Oklahoma, seconds left. Oklahoma squid kicked it, and the guy just didn't kick it very well. So it ended up only, it ended up being almost like an incredibly poor onside kick that Georgia easily okay. recovered. So they only needed like one first down just to get it to field goal range, and that's a huge kick by Blankenship, making it fifty-five yards in that, and it that proved to be yeah, a little bit we know at the time how important that would end up being. Yeah, exactly. And then for Georgia after that in the second half to come out and just really that third quarter, a completely different team. Like I said, defensively they were different. They got things going offensively. What did you see in them? How were they able to turn things around? Well, I think a few things. I mean, one was they kind of, it seemed like a lot of times in the first half on offense, Georgia got too cute and said, you know, who cares? Let's just keep running it because we're running it really well. They got back to doing that. And then defensively, I mean, I don't know if it was something they did in coverage, but, if, you know, Oklahoma's got a really good defensive line. And it just, I think part of it was just that they got more pressure and they also they started, they slowed down the Oklahoma running game also. It was a, Oklahoma, I mean, Georgia gashed Oklahoma more in the running game, but in the first half, Oklahoma had a lot of big runs still, and they essentially shut those down for the most part in the second half. And, I mean, I don't know, it, it kind of seemed like, you know, a real, like, like trying to guard Bigger Mayfield would almost be like trying to guard Michael Jordan in, like, the late 80s, where it's just like, you know, he's going to do stuff at times, just try to contain him. And they just did a better job of that, I think, especially in the third quarter. Oklahoma kind of got things turned back around towards the end there, but there was about, I don't know, a a 20-minute game stretch where Oklahoma couldn't do anything on offense. Yeah, and just phenomenal game overall, like we said. And, uh, you know, Oklahoma did come back. They they forced overtime. Of course, Georgia gets a blocked field goal at the second overtime. Uh, 
which turned out to be big. And then they score what a couple plays later on that little uh, wild dog or like I guess how, whatever you want to call it. It's not a wild cat. It's a wild dog there down there in Georgia. Uh, for Baker Mayfield though, his collegiate career ends. A lot of speculation as to you know how he's going to be in the pros, but how will we remember him at Oklahoma? Because I I think I've discussed this with you before that he's it's. It, I'm not the only one to say this, but there are comparisons to Johnny Manziel in terms of his antics uh, that he can do on the field. But I mean, and his talent level is somewhat comparable, I would say. But I think he's an overall better person, a better character person than Johnny Manziel. But what, how will we remember Baker Mayfield's time at Oklahoma, and how do you think he uh, transitions to the NFL? I think we'll remember him pretty favorably. I think we'll remember him better than Johnny Manziel, just because, if anything, he just played longer. I mean, he played, you know, he had the one weird year at Texas Tech where he got hurt some and only played about half the season. But after that, he was a three-year starter for absolutely loaded Oklahoma teams, two of which made the playoffs. And, I mean, clearly he's not going to be in, like, the Matt Weiner, Tommy Frazier, Tim Tebow category just because he didn't win a national title ever, but he still took Oklahoma to the playoffs twice and won a Heisman, so I would, I feel like he's probably going to be more in, like, the Marcus Mariota category, where, I mean, this guy, I mean, he truly, like, he was a great player, and just unfortunately, he didn't win a title, so maybe he won't get, like, the highest of highest of highest praise as some of those other guys do, but I think it'll be quite favorably, I mean, in terms of the NFL, I mean, I don't know. My gut reaction is he's not going to be a long-term starter. I could see him being a backup for a while. I don't think we're going to remember him as a great pro. But certainly, you know, when he left Texas Tech to go walk on at Oklahoma, I don't think a lot of people thought that he was going to end up doing anything good there either. So, I mean, he'll he'll certainly get his chance. The other semifinal game, the Sugar Bowl, uh, woof, I guess that's – that's about the only yeah. good thing I could say about this one. There are so many high expectations, and I guess the moral of the story with this is that you give Nick Saban a month, essentially, to prepare for a Clemson offense, and he's going to come up with ways to stop it. I think that's the biggest storyline that we got out of this one. And in addition to that, that a lot of injured players for Alabama at the end of the regular season weren't injured anymore then. Mm-hmm. So it helps it that way, too. And yes, yeah, it does. I mean, I don't know about you. Coming off the high of that Rose Bowl game, like when the next one started, you know, it was already like four minutes into the game and there was no score. I just remember thinking, like, I don't know if I can watch this fight yet. And I did do kind of some other stuff for 10 or 15 minutes or so. And then went to watching it and very quickly was like, this is boring. I need to switch it to the... I ended up watching the ESPN coaches one where it was just the coaches talking about it. Sure. And even then, I don't know. I, I think Alabama went up like like twenty to six or something, and I was just like, "This game's over. I don't need to keep watching this. <laughs> There's no way that they're gonna win." Oh. And you know, like like half an hour, I turned it back to make sure, and every you know, I did that a couple times, and yeah, I, I Clemson is incredibly good. Alabama is also incredibly good. Alabama's better this year. I mean, I think the weird thing is going into the playoff, I thought that Clemson maybe was the best team. I did too. I feel like now that Clemson is probably the worst of the, of the four teams and that they did lose to Syracuse, which is not good. 
Right. Well, and, and maybe. Matt, oh, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say this is not to knock, you, you know, your guys in the ACC. By no means am I saying the ACC bad, but you know, with Florida State not being any good, Louisville not being that great, you know, I like I think the ACC is fine this year, but. It, I think it's safe to say the ACC this season was not as good as it was the season before. No, I think that's very. That I think that's a very. Fair I think point. maybe a few of those games that we looked at, you know, it's like, oh, hey, they beat this team. Or it's like, yeah, I mean, you know, that's a nice win, but you know, it's, I, I don't know. This, I'm rambling a bit. Basically, I'm just trying to say that what Clemson was quite good this year. This was this was not the Deshaun Watson juggernaut of 2016. No, it wasn't. But I think that actually bodes well in Clemson's favor that they can get to the college football playoff with a freshman quarterback like Kelly Bryant. He's going to get better. I'm already tabbing them to be a playoff team next year. I just think, yes, they lose some guys defensively, but the way Dabo Sweeney's recruiting right now and the way he's built Clemson, I think they are in it for the foreseeable future. Don't you agree? I would probably agree with that, especially when you throw in a Jimbo Fisher leading. Like, I think Willie Taggart could be good at Florida State. I don't think it's going to be right away, though. It's going to take a few years to change everything and go through that problem. I mean, I don't think it'll take five years, but it might take two or three. And I just, each year that you're not, you know, 10, 11 wins good is another year that Clemson's going to be. And, I mean, like, part of it, too, is, I mean, you know, being dominant and being. You know, winning big games and all that stuff is incredibly important and good for recruiting and stuff. Part of it is just being like the fun team, too. Yep. And sometimes it's fair and not fair of who is and isn't the fun team. But, like, people look at Clemson and like the fun team. And that's that's certainly going to benefit them. Well, what wasn't fun was minus seven yards of offense in the first quarter. And then even when they got that field goal after the fumble in the third quarter, they were only down 10 6. You're like, okay, maybe Clemson's going to start to pick it up. And it's like, no. No, they just don't have it today, and unfortunately they lose, and that sets up an all-SEC championship game. May I remind you the last time we had an all-SEC championship game, Alabama shut out LSU in a boring field goal fest. Um, I don't think we're going to get that this time around, but uh, I, I think... I feel confident in saying that this game will be better than the 2011 season national title. Oh God, we can only I'm hope so. This one will be great. I don't think it's going to be 21 to nothing, though, where we all feel like pulling our eyes out at every second. Yeah, stabbing them with a fork or something like that. I think, um, I think there will be more than 21 total points between the two teams. I, would ag- I also think the final margin of victory will be less than three touchdowns. I agree with that. I The one thing that's, I guess, better in this one is that at least it's not a rematch. Like yes, they're in yeah. opposite or they're in the same conference, but they didn't play each other this year. So that's at least I know, which is the weirdest thing that they're you've got two teams in the same conference, one of which won the conference title, and somehow they didn't play each other. Right. I mean, I understand that it happened, and you know when you've got teams with more conferences with more than ten teams, you know it can happen. It's just very it's odd seeing it. I want Georgia to win real bad. Uh, I think they have the the defense to slow Alabama down. I think they have a tremendous running game. But Nick Saban's assistants do not do well against him. Just like Bill Belichick's assistants in the NFL, they don't always make the best of head coaches. 
Uh, but we'll see if that changes this year with Matt Patricia and Josh McDaniel. Should they leave anywhere? But uh, I, I just got to think that Tricky Nicky has got something up his sleeve, and I think Alabama is going to beat Georgia. That's worth noting on the no Nick Saban assistants have beaten him. Like, that's 100% true and accurate. But when you look at some of the guys who have coached against them, he, he beat Jimbo Fisher this year. Now, it turned out Florida State wasn't that great, but he did beat him, and we didn't know Florida State was bad at the time. And he beat the snot out of Mark D'Antonio a couple of times at Michigan State. Mm-hmm. And he, so he certainly gets credit for those. Some of the other ones, I mean, like beating Derek Dooley at Tennessee, you know, that's, that's <laughs> great. They sucked. Um, when, when are Jim we getting McElwain Florida Atlantic on the schedule? I, I get that some of the Jim McElwain teams won like eight or nine games. I don't know if watching them ever, I was ever like, oh man, this Florida team. These guys are going somewhere. Right. All that to say that Nick Saban's an incredibly good coach. I think it's possible. Uh, this is, uh, let me put it this way. I, I think this team, or this Georgia team he's playing, that this is clearly the most talented of his former assistant teams he's coaching against. Very I also think Alabama's probably still going to win, you know, but... I don't, I don't think it's going to be the war of attrition that the, the LSU national title game in 2011 was. And, you know, they do some different... Like, Alabama's a little more... They do some more spread stuff, you know. So I, I think that there's still a bit of a contrast in style between the two. And Georgia will probably be able to run the ball at least a little bit against Alabama. I mean, I don't think they're going to average the 15 yards to carry they did against Oklahoma. They'll probably be able to do something, but... I mean, I don't know. What, 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 do, you, what do you think the, sto- the score is going to be, Stack? Well, yeah, the, I like the fact that Georgia is playing essentially a home game in the national championship. Like, yes, I know it's there's going to be some. It's going to be pretty evenly split amongst the tickets, but I think Georgia's still going to have a few more fans. It's, it's way closer to home. You can just bust from Athens to Atlanta. I'm going to say. That Alabama wins, I'll say twenty-seven to seventeen. Oh, wow! Well, I got to change my score because that's what I was going to say. No, you don't so have I to change your score. Alabama, I will say Alabama wins thirty to twenty. Okay, there we go. Sorry, I didn't mean to steal your thunder there with that score. <laughs> no, that's that's okay. I won't hold it against you. And just because you mentioned the fans at the games, did you see what like the cheapest ticket for that game is? Um, that, like the the nosebleed seats up at the very top are going for two grand. It, that's just nuts. It's insane. Um, it's kind of like uh, Super Bowl t- p- ticket packages uh, at U.S. Bank Stadium are going for $14,000. I think I saw like that's what like, VIP on-field pass and whatnot. And I'm sure if the Vikings happen to make it, that that would almost double just because people want to be in there. I mean, it's just, it's nuts. Wow. With how close it is, again, you know, the location, location, location. I think that's a major reason why the tickets are so high. But Georgia fans are ready for this. That's what I was going to say. It seems like, I mean, nationally, this is not nearly as interesting as a lot of national title games are. But like, just for these two teams, I mean, this is probably. I mean, I I think Alabama last year, maybe playing Clemson, or never mind, or. Alabama playing Clemson in the semifinal this year. I mean, I guess that's not the national title game, but trying to get revenge was maybe a big deal for Alabama. Mm-hmm. But I think, like, I don't know, it's just 
when they're in the same conference, it's just different. So I think, like, while, you know, like I said, nationally, as a whole, outside of the Southeast, there may be a little bit less interest, I would imagine, especially between Alabama and Georgia, those two states. It's going to be like, well, I'm kind of like more intrigued for this now, and now it's a bigger deal. Because if we lose this game, we're going to have to hear about it every time we play them. And unlike these other national title games, we will play them much more frequently because we're in the same conference. Which is why I wasn't completely devastated when SDSU lost to James Madison by having 10 turnovers. I mean, the, Alabama is the NDSU yeah. of FBS. That's very true. Which is unfortunate. Uh, hopefully James Madison can do something about that. But I won't hold my breath for that. Uh, bowl season overall hasn't been great, hasn't been stellar, Uh I'll get. I want to get your thoughts overall on it, but specifically, let's touch on the quarterbacks here: Sam Darnold and Josh Rosen, and I guess uh, who's it? Josh? Is it Josh Allen? I always get the name wrong at Wyoming. Yeah, the Wyoming quarterback. Yeah, yeah Josh Allen. Josh Allen. I mean, out of the three of them, Josh Allen had the best uh, bowl game because Josh <laughs> Rosen didn't play, and Sam Darnold had three turnovers against Ohio State. They all declared, which isn't surprising. Be, given Arnold was swallowed whole by the Ohio State defensive line in the third quarter. He was. I mean, it was not good. Uh, and granted, these three quarterbacks, everyone was touting them at the beginning of the season. So I guess it's not a surprise that they're that they're all declaring. Um, I I guess the one that surprises me the most is Sam Darnold because he played extremely poor. Or I shouldn't say extremely poor, but he did not have a very good game in the Cotton Bowl against Ohio State. Didn't have a great season overall. I think that diminishes his draft stock a little bit. I think probably Josh Rosen is the best quarterback of there, and you know we'll see what what Josh Allen can do at Wyoming. Some people are comparing him to like Carson Wentz 2.0. I think that's a, a tad overstated, but then again, I guess I didn't see Carson Wentz leading the Eagles to a. a a dominant, a dominating record this year, in his second year. So we'll see. But I, I guess Sam Darnold had a very underwhelming performance, and I'm surprised that all three declared because they, their draft stock to me doesn't seem nearly as high as it did in late August, early September. I'm gonna preface this with saying I'm selfish, and I always wish everyone stays in college for my sole reasons of watching enjoyment of really good college football players. Is that both for college football and college basketball or just specifically college football? Okay. For both. Now in college basketball I get it's an even harder sell to get kids to stay. And then it just like at times in football you can get them to do it and it just never happens with basketball. Um but um I like I, I get it too though, where especially like, in this year, I mean, what other quarterbacks are going to be drafted? Like, really, like I get that there's other guys that are going to be selected, but who else is going to be picked, you know, like in the first two rounds? <laughs> Baker guess, Mayfield. What's that? Baker Mayfield. I mean, we'll see. For his sake, I hope so. I, you know, I hope that the Patriots draft him and somehow he ends up being the New England Patriots Bill Belichick guy for nine years. How about JT Barrett, the guy who never left Ohio State? Yeah, I don't think J.T. Barrett, it'll be interesting to see which of those two gets drafted higher Yeah, pretty early on. I'm, I'm not saying this to say like I'm some draft expert, but I don't know. I was 
something. Occasionally, I get a good read on stuff. I was like, yeah, only J.D. Barrett's going to be a road to NFL guy. I agree. But, but like, I, I guess I just I understand the if you're a quarterback being like, oh, well, I mean, if I'm going to get taken 14th overall in the first round, like, yeah, I guess maybe I should go. So, yeah, I mean, I would I would prefer that they come back, especially Darnold, just because I think, you know, I, like, to be, he, he was the one I watched the most this year. I think just because I saw USC in more big games than the other two. Right. And then, but when you see guys more, you notice things more. So I don't know if he truly was dramatically worse than the other guys. I haven't looked at their stats, but just in what I saw, I saw him make more mistakes than I saw him play more. I know, Josh. So yeah, I, I would like to see him come back, see what he could do with another year. I, you know, USC, I'm sure, will still be good without him. I don't think they will be as good with him nope. leading, though. You know, the the one thing I always think back to, I believe it was Matt Leinert that came. Was it Matt Leinert that came back for his um, senior season and then got hurt or just had a, a bad year and it affected his draft stock? I think it was Leinert. Um, I don't that, think it was Leinert because he didn't get hurt. Or, it was it Barkley? No, I think you're thinking of Barkley. Now, Barkley. Here, the thing with Leinert was people thought if he left after his junior year, he'd be picked first overall. But that was just like media people, not NFL draft people. So when he went... You know, after graduating, you know, twelfth or whatever, people were like, "Oh my God, look how bad it was!" Right, but where I think it was Barkley, who people thought would be drafted really high, and then didn't have. I, I don't remember if he got hurt, but you know, USC coming off a ten and two year, and what would it have been, twenty eleven or twelve or whatever, and then they went like six and seven. I and I guess though, that's what I I just mean that. That's, I guess, the reason why I understand them going out. Because if you're saying, "Hey, if people are saying you're guaranteed to be a first round drafted quarterback, at, you know, potentially top ten, top five, top fifteen, whatever," I get you want to take that chance. You get that money, get paid, and and see what you can do. But Darnold, to me, yeah, was turned down twenty million. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you take it whenever you can get it. I just thought Darnold was very underwhelming especially in the Cotton Bowl, but really throughout this year that I think it would have been beneficial yeah. for him to come back. But, as it is... Now, to be fair, Ohio State's defense made a lot of quarterbacks look really bad. Yes, too, they did. So it's not like... So, and I think it's important to say that, but yeah, he, he, did, he didn't play well in the Cotton Bowl. But no, Ohio State... did a lot of other guys for USC. But US... Yeah, I was going to say, USC is still a perennial powerhouse in college football. They're a very good team. They made it to the Cotton Bowl for a reason. So you're pitting you know a very good team from the Pac-12 against a very good team from the Big Ten. It's not like this is the Northwesterns or the, the Indianas yeah. of the Pac-12 that Ohio State was going against, or the Big Ten, I guess. Uh... It, it, so it, it's true. Ohio State also gives out scholarships to really good football players. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. And, and USC. Sorry, I said Ohio State. I meant USC. Sorry. Oh, you're good. Uh, so overall, bowl season. Um, what what are the biggest storylines that uh, that have that, that have caught your attention, or you know, the the games that were the most intriguing to you? You know, either Texas A&M, Wake Forest, that was a great game. How about the slaughter down in Boca Raton with Florida Atlantic over Akron and a complete mismatch there? What was uh, what are some things that have caught your attention during bowl season? I'll, I'll, I'll give you two, two specific games. One, a big name one. One, a not big name one. 
The big name one was Central Florida beating Auburn for obvious reasons. I was intrigued to that. Yes. Scott Frost going to be the Nebraska coach next year. Didn't know how that game would play out. It ended up being a really, I mean, it was a slow game early. It ended up being a lot of fun. Uh, it was an incredibly good game. The other one that was not as big of a game, I'm blanking on the name of the bowl right now, unfortunately, but it was the one where Army beat San Diego State. Oh, that's the, the Lockheed, the, was it the Lockheed Armed Forces, Lockheed Martin Armed Forces Bowl or something like that? It might have been, that sounds right, where Army had the ball for about 42 minutes time of possession. San Diego State barely had the ball in terms of minutes, but scored like, I don't know, their running back, uh, Penny, Penny, ran for, like, 160 yards on, like, 11 carries. Played incredibly well. But they just never had the ball. Right. And then, you know, Navy, or, sorry, not Navy, I apologize <laughs> to all the Army fans. <laughs> Army scored, and instead of kicking the PAT to tie it, went for two and got it. Yes. And then it was just, oh, can Army hold on? And then when San Diego State tries their, you know, lateral... An army, I guess. I don't know. I guess it's not an interception, but he, he basically, you know, picks off the lateral and runs it back for a score. I just remember thinking, like, well, you know, sometimes, sometimes I like these smaller games where stuff like this happens, just because you know they don't get in these situations as often. And it was a lot of fun. I wonder if that. And then, uh, and then the Peach Bowl was just as much fun too. Yes, I wonder if that uh, that lateral that went awry. Uh, in the San Diego State Army game, if that affected Vegas at all, in terms of the over under or the you know the the spread. It might have for over under. I know I did look at the spread, and San Diego State was favored to win, so okay. it didn't make a difference. That's what that, I thought but there, it, but it certainly could have been the over under. You, you, you always wonder with those with those plays, I guess. Uh, overall, bowl season better than this year than last year i would probably say not it, uh, you know the 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 disparity between these teams is a is quite high and i feel like some of these teams like toledo just didn't show up against appalachian state or western kentucky against georgia state and i'm picking on the lower bowl games here but uh i to be fair though like every season there's like 10 games that are really bad cuz one team just not out of another. Yep. And the Big Ten, I kudos like to them. They went 7-1 this year. Yeah, the Big yeah, Michigan couldn't beat South Carolina. The, the Big Ten team that was favored by the most points right. ended up blowing a huge lead, which, you know, I'm sure Michigan fans will be fine with, and won't, Harbaugh won't hear about that at all. It's no, not, no, he won't. Fine. And I'm sure it's they won't ask him to leave or anything. But, I mean, I don't know. I feel like this bowl season was about the same as last year. The big difference last year is it was a fantastic national title game, and if this is a mediocre national title game, I think we'll remember last year more fondly. But if, he, if Georgia and Alabama, I mean, I don't think it can be as good as last year's game between Clemson and Alabama, but if it's good, you know, we had a really great semifinal between Oklahoma and Georgia. Um, the Peach Bowl was good. I don't remember the, uh, which one was it? The Fiesta Bowl between Penn State and Washington. Like, I don't think it was an all-time classic, but it was a good game. I mean, I don't know. I, I think I'm okay with bowl season. Like, this is a, you know. Maybe I'm just <laughs> a this trying like sour. This is like the that was capped with the, you know, that Rose Bowl and Vince Young, where every other big game was fantastic this year, too. I mean, we're not going to get too many of those where every, 
every one of the big games is an instant classic. But right. you know, I, I, I thought it was fine. Maybe I'm just crying sour. You know, it's sour grapes for me because I did so bad in the bull pick'em this year. I mean, maybe maybe that's we it. Both did poorly. <laughs> we both did very poorly in the bull pick'em. I will give you credit though, because you stayed up for the Fresno State Houston game. I saw the tweet, so uh, kudos to you for staying up for the Hawaii Bowl on Christmas Eve. Uh, I, well, I, I stayed up for some of it. I didn't okay. watch it the whole thing. Well, you had, yeah. you had to make sure to get to bed so Santa could get there, right? That's true. I mean, I would hate to miss Santa. I mean, that's my biggest fear in life, missing <laughs> Santa Claus. <laughs> Very good. Another good game, TCU and Stanford. So, uh... Th- there were some. There were multiple games there. Kentucky almost beat Northwestern, so that was great. Uh, two last. You mentioned it already, but it's worth mentioning again how fun the Belt Bowl was with Wake Forest beating Texas and Yes, F- phenomenal game. Phenomenal game. Two last notes here. Uh, Rich Rod out at Arizona. Uh, apparently, some sexual assault or something was going on, or he was being investigated for, so he's out. So Arizona now behind the eight ball. So close to recruiting time, too. Or you're, you know, you had the early recruiting season there, so I wonder how that's going to affect them. And then Arizona State is continuing to lose assistance. So how, um, how in over his head is Herm Edwards right now? I think pretty over his head, where he just hasn't coached in a long time period, let alone college football, where it's been decades. The real interesting thing is since uh, Rich Rod got fired yesterday, and Bruce Arians also retired, uh, of major football, Herm Edwards is the longest tenured football coach in the state of Arizona right now, of the three most important teams, so that's odd and interesting. Yeah, the Northern Arizona Uh, Lumberjacks might take some umbrage with that statement. (laughs) Yeah, you know... I'm not trying to be a jerk, but, you know, win, win, win a few <laughs> national finals, Lumberjack. Yeah, that's Eat right. North Dakota State. That's right. All right. Very good. Well, Charlie, I appreciate the time as always here. Glad to have you back on on this uh, re- redemption or uh, the, the return of the Sports Block podcast after a little hiatus here. Uh, we'll try well, and... We can call it the redemption of the, of the podcast if you want. That's fine. Well, I feel like if we were on the redemption tour, that means we left for scandalous reasons or some bad reasons. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't want to brag for you, but I mean, part of the reason was he did have sex. So, I mean, that's a little <laughs> that is That is true. That is true. That is true. Scandalous, no doubt. No doubt. Uh, love to have you back on next week to break down the national championship game and uh, put, a, put a bow on the college football season if, you, um, if you'd like to come on. But appreciate the time as always. Thank you, my friend. Sounds good, buddy. We can do that. Talk to you later. Sounds good. Charlie Hildebrand making his return here on the Sports Block Podcast. And we definitely appreciate his time uh, as always. Um, Great stuff there. Um, as always, appreciate his time. We'll uh, put a bow on the show on this shorter, at least that's what we try to do, a shorter version of the Sports Block Podcast as we ease into it, as, uh, as I ease into fatherhood. You know, this fatherhood edition of the Sports Block Podcast. All right, we'll wrap up this week's edition here of the Sports Block Podcast. The return of the Sports Block Podcast, the redemption, the redeemed tour. Um, first off, before we make some wild card picks, uh, look at the the 2017-18 NFL final standings. 
did this last year. It was pretty decent. This year was absolutely awful. I think injuries did play a, a role in this, but um, certainly um, not very good. I did get three exactly right this year. Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, and Dallas correctly predicted those records. One better than last year. Was within one uh, on Baltimore, Kansas City, and Chicago, Chicago, and Washington. They all won one more game than I thought they would. And I was off on Indy, Miami, New England. They all lost or they won one fewer game than I thought they would. Uh, Carolina won two more games than I thought they would. Tennessee and Atlanta lost two games more than I thought they would. After that, it's just a shit. I mean, this this goes all the way to, like, I was seven off on the, the Texans and the Giants. I thought the Texans would win 11. They won four. I thought the Giants would win 10. They won three. And the biggest one I was off by was the Rams. I picked them to win three games. They won 11. So, uh... This year, just terrible in terms of predicting the record. Uh, we'll do this again next year, see what uh, what happens. But, um, yeah, quite bad to say the least. But excited for, uh, I mean, I'm so glad I was off on. I, I should have gone with my gut regarding the Vikings. At the, I mean, the homer in me, I, I did have the homer pick. But overall, I yeah, just wish I had, I had stuck with my gut and uh took the Vikings there. We'll see what they can do in the playoff times. It's exciting to be a Vikings fan. There's a lot at stake, and Vikings fans know the history, and hopefully hopefully this team is different. But that remains to be seen. Yeah. We'll certainly we'll certainly hope for the best. We're not gonna look back at what happened week seventeen, but by the way, I was just Andy Dalton if you haven't seen any videos of Andy Dalton throwing that touchdown to Tyler Boyd to help knock the you know the Bengals beat the Ravens, knock the Ravens out of the playoffs while the the Bills get in and you know just the the Bills locker room going you know, berserk and then all the bars in Western New York and Buffalo and the people you know welcoming the Bills back shortly after midnight on New Year's you know, technically then New Year's Day just phenomenal stuff so just. Absolutely incredible there, but we do have four wild card games. The the teams that are in the playoffs, in case you didn't know, NFC side: Philadelphia Eagles one seed, Minnesota Vikings the two seed, New, uh, the Los Angeles Rams the three seed, New Orleans Saints the four seed, Carolina Panthers the five seed, Atlanta Falcons the six seed. On the AFC side, the Patriots are the number one seed. The uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers are the two seed. The Jacksonville Jaguars are the three seed. The four seed is the uh, blanking on it now. The four, four seed is the Kansas City Chiefs. Should have known that because I lost a bet. Uh, five seed would be the Tennessee Titans, and the six seed, of course, the Buffalo Bills. So a lot of new blood in the playoffs this year. And as we look at the wild card round, of course the the Eagles, Vikings, Patriots, Steelers, all with a bye uh, this week, virtue of getting the the top one of the top two seeds. So here we go. Uh, Saturday begins 4:20 p.m. Eastern, 3:20 3:20 p.m. Central Time on ESPN. Tennessee Titans at the Kansas City Chiefs. Kansas City is starting to roll right now. 
Uh, I do believe that their offense is uh, starting to play better. Tennessee's offense has been very underwhelming. DeMarco Murray's not playing in this one. I thought the Titans would win the South this year. At least they made the playoffs, so I like in that. But uh, we'll take the Chiefs to win that one. The Atlanta Falcons at the Los Angeles Rams. 8.15 p.m. Eastern, 7.15 p.m. Central Time on NBC. By the way, both these games are on Saturday. I'm going to take the Rams right now. I'm leaning towards all the home teams. But if there's one team that can pull off the upset, I think, this weekend, more than any other team, I think it's the Atlanta Falcons. They know what it takes to make a run in the playoffs. They were in the Super Bowl last year. Of course, we know what happened and them choking and whatnot. But I think that this game's a lot closer than you might think. The Rams are six-point favorites right now. I think the Falcons will be able to slow down Todd Gurley and make some noise here. I'm leaning the Rams right now, but very well could take the Falcons before this game kicks off. Uh, it should be a thriller there in L.A. at the Coliseum. Then on Sunday, 1.05 p.m. Eastern, 12.05 p.m. Central Time on CBS, Buffalo Bills at the Jacksonville Jaguars. What a great story. Both of these teams are, really. Uh, the Jaguars, phenomenal defense, great running game. Blake Bortles has played well here and there. But it's really that Jaguars defense that's doing the trick. And for the Buffalo Bills, the first time this century that they've made the postseason. So that's phenomenal. I will, But we don't know if LaShawn McCoy is going to play. If LaShawn McCoy doesn't play, the Bills have no chance. Um, both these teams like to run a lot. I will take the Jacksonville Jaguars to beat the Buffalo Bills. Uh, the Bills want to prove me wrong. They certainly can. I would not be opposed to that. Then on, uh, still on Sunday, 4.40 p.m. Eastern, 3.40 p.m. Central Time on Fox. Carolina Panthers at the New Orleans Saints. The Saints swept the season series. Uh, I just, Cam Newton and the Panthers are struggling a little bit here. I'm going to take the New Orleans Saints, Alvin Kamara, Mark Ingram, Drew Brees and company at the Superdome, can't pick against them. Going the Saints. So I'm picking all home teams right now, but right, eh, the Falcons would be that one team that I might uh, I might take a flyer on. I, I certainly might. So Good stuff there. Uh, appreciate you coming back and uh, listening to this podcast, downloading us, listening to us. Available on iTunes. Otherwise, on Facebook, uh, Nathan Stacken there, or on Twitter, at ND Stacken. Appreciate all the well wishes with little Noah being born. We'll certainly be talking about him throughout the weeks, months, and hopefully years as this podcast continues. Though, not a lot. not going to overbear you with tales of my son, but um, but I'm a proud pop, so I can't say. Uh, what's wrong with that? Love, of the, love the little guy to pieces, and uh, tell you what, kid's got a grip on him so far so that's that's great news and uh see what we can do there but uh again this podcast available on itunes link to it on facebook and twitter as well so appreciate you listening we'll be back next week uh react to the college football play oh by the way i'm going to take alabama to beat georgia and i'll reluctantly take the bison or jmu both georgia and james madison prove me wrong prove me wrong uh so we'll be talking that. Uh, eventually, we'll get Jeff Lloyd the, the, the second back on here. He of the uh, the Locked On Browns podcast. It's wildly popular. Available on iTunes. I mean, just it's great. Take a listen to it. Uh, a lot happening with the Browns, especially you know when they're 0-16. But he does a great job there. So uh, take a listen to that. We'll try and get him on. Talk some Senior Bowl. See, you know, 
have him talk up Dallas Goddard. That would be great. Uh, and we'll see what happens there. Shorter podcast, most likely, throughout here uh, and up until March. We'll have the big old March Madness podcast as well. Looking forward to that. So appreciate you listening here. And uh, as always, uh, come back next week. We'll have a podcast, hopefully, and uh, the subsequent weeks here as well. Uh, maybe not every week, but uh, we'll do our best. So, uh, for Travis, Charlie, I'm Nathan. Thank you so much for listening to this week's edition of the Sports Block pod- podcast, now available on iTunes. Uh, thanks again for all the well wishes. We'll be back. Thanks for listening here. Sports Block Podcast, now available on iTunes. Nathan Stack and signing off. Can I say the Sports Block Podcast one more time? I absolutely can. You're sick and tired of hearing it now. Nathan Stack and saying thank you for listening. Talk to you next week. <laughs>